This week on the Throncast, the Empire begins their final offensive, Mara wakes up on Coruscant, and Luke escapes not one, but two Imperial ambushes. Grab a blaster hidden inside of a book, it's time for the Throncast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the Commander. Previous attacks were clumsy, but this one was swift, precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters one through four of The Last Command. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co-host, Brian. Hello. Matthew. Hello. Amanda. Hi. And Tyler. Hi. And this is a segment where we normally give news, and there is no news. So (laughs) we will move on. (laughs) I mean, I'm moving this week. That's news. Oh, that's good. This is my next to the last podcast from Europe. Oh, but there's no Thrawn news. Or is there Thrawn news? Freddie Prince Jr. named name dropped Gilad Paleon on Twitter tonight, which was kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah, well, and then apparently, like, Jay tweeted back at him, and then Freddie Prince Jr. tweeted back at Jay, like, hey, well caught. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, probably nothing to do with Rebels, although I would really like Paleon to come back, because I like him. Guys, I think Freddie Prince Jr. is a bigger dork than we are. Yeah, probably. Okay, that's really hard, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we pretty much reached peak dork. I I can't remember who who tweeted this, but uh, someone made a joke of, "Oh, you like Buffy so much? Why don't you marry her?" Okay. Oh, he sort of did. <laughs> he did do that. Oh. I have my sources that say it was not always so. That he wasn't always a dork. Yeah, he was kind of a a bro dude in high school, apparently. Oh. Well, that's okay. We're all we're all silly we, when we're little. We all we all we all have things in our past we're ashamed of. Yes. <laughs> all right, so Thank we'll I was a cheerleader. So we'll get right started with the last command, the last book in the trilogy. Yay. There's a monster at the end of this book. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is. We don't know. <laughs> We won't say anything whether there is because Tyler. And the hey, monster Tyler. was the friend we made along the ways. <laughs> no. The monster was the that, words. That's Luke and Mara. Words, Hello, I like this. <laughs> that's Luke and Mara, the friends we made along the way. Uh, so, chapter one, we start, as always, with the Empire about to launch an offensive. Because what else do they do in this series? Um, they are attacking various systems, but their main goal is Ukio or Yukio, however you want to pronounce that. As an aside, Yu-Gi-Oh, as the an aside, popular card game from the nineties. <laughs> Matthew, 
<laughs> Sorry. Matthew, it was the early 2000s. Get it right. Oh. Sorry. As an aside, I would like to say that Brian and I learned this weekend that uh, pronouncing Star Wars names is really hard. So don't try to do it. That's what I also learned on this podcast. That they're really hard to pronounce, like bfash. <laughs> um, and kaboth. Yeah. And, yeah. One of these days, I'm going to do a supercut of the <laughs> group of us just struggling to pronounce crap. Yeah. Bfash. Nikon. It's good. And yeah, Nikon. Whatever, uh, whatever Thrawn's real name is. Mithron Mithron Naruto. Naruto. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> oh. So yeah, they are checking Ukio, one of the main producers of foodstuffs, uh, because they need to feed all their clones now. Um, using be hungry, yeah, they are using Sabios battle meditation. Uh, they are able to attack the planet and give the impression that the super lasers are able to penetrate the planetary shield, but mean they're really just firing the turbo lasers and then giving the command to fire at the clo- the cloak ships that are inside the shield uh before and then they fire at the ground so it's like a, like two shots but the people on the ground only see one which is really it's kind of it's a trick it is funny. a trick it's a ruse <laughs> I really like, I it's really not like a this. trick it's an illusion <laughs> Wow, that was like three levels of terrible, insane dorkitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like this this bit, like partially just because it's a cool trick, and I like that. Yeah, but also like Zahn is just like, here's Thrawn's, you know, new thing, and it's not going to be a mystery for the whole book. We're just going to tell you what it is right away. And yeah, he's. You know, the the rest of the book, or at least until they figure this out, will be, you know, the the tension will be caused by the dramatic irony of us wondering when the heroes will cotton on to the trick and not wondering ourselves what the trick is. Yeah. And I, it's it's a nice change of pace because, you know, the first one, it was all like, Louis Vance, Louis Vance, Louis Vance. And the second one, it was all Mount Tantus, Mount Tantus, Mount Tantus. <laughs> and now he's just like, here's the thing. There's no secrets anymore. <laughs> We're going to attack like all the systems at once. And this is our cool trick. Yeah. yeah it's nice. is, although I love that one of the systems they attack is a feint, uh, made it into new canon. Which That's one always that? exciting. That would be the Ando system. Oh. Um, Ando Prime is one of Han Solo's destinations at the beginning of Life Debt. Oh, right. So uh, I was I was very excited to recognize something that got slipped into new canon. Mm-hmm. Well, Rishi from book two showed up on uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, well, that's in Attack of the Clones. They, uh, they, um, Dexter. Oh, the Rishi Maze. That's yeah, right. the, the Rishi But like, Maze. we actually go there in the yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... The planetary leaders basically surrender without a fight because they're like, oh, crap, you've got a super weapon type thing that can get through shields. Um, and sure. Ron has studied their art and he knows that they are afraid <laughs> of the unknown. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They literally are like, what is this sorcery? We surrender. Yeah. <laughs> I also like how they're like, we'll do whatever you want. And Thrawn is basically like. You're we're just gonna be ruling you and you can do whatever you did before and just give us like all your food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like really? That's nothing all- changes, but your taxes just went up. Yeah. Like- I mean it's 
I guess it's not terrible, you know. Um, well, but it's not then enough Paleon for them to like, want to like revolt or fight back. Yeah, yeah he's not going to make them uncomfortable because that would be inconvenient like, for him. Paleon's like, we do it this way so that you know when they do inevitably, you know, revolt against us by then it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like he's just he's just like being nice now to put off the inevitable revolt. Yeah. So, um, one of the things I also liked in this little section was uh, Thrawn's admonishment of one of the Star Destroyer captains, Captain Brandi, not to give in to vengeance. He was the captain of the Star Destroyer that was destroyed at the Katana Fleet battle, and he or that had to retreat, and he wants he wants revenge for the the imperials that were lost there and thrawn's like "Uh, watch yourself we're doing this for the empire not for you (laughs) and meanwhile he's like i just want to blow shit up yeah pretty much he's like from hell's heart i stab at thee oh no with hate's last breath i wait no that's not how it goes anyway yeah probably not just like that though (laughs) i I, I am interested to see how many times we reference star trek on the show. Excuse me. Technically, that was a Moby Dick reference. Technically. <laughs> um, Technically. Yes, I was channeling Ricardo Montalban in my brilliant performance, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, um, while, while this is going on, uh, Paleon, uh, goes to report to Sabioth and <laughs> I, it, it's basically Thrawn is like, yeah, you go talk to that guy. Cause I don't want to deal with him. <laughs> Um, Can I ask a question here? Yeah. And I mean, I know the answer. The answer is plot. <laughs> yeah. But why does Paleon go to talk to Savioth without a Yusalamari? Um, because they don't have any more, I guess. That's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there should be a Yusalamari for every man, woman, and child <laughs> aboard the Kite <laughs> Well, um, so yeah, uh, he was dumb to not bring a Salamary because Savioth does his little voodoo on him and it's like, you're going to contact Wayland and order them to create a very special clone. <laughs> Next week on a very sexy special Thrawn cast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very special sexy clone. Well. It's another Savioth clone. No. It's ten of them. Gross. They're fuck. It's better. <laughs> Stop. It's, it's sexier than a Sabioth clone, and I don't ship it with Sabioth, by the way. <sighs> yeah. Everyone and everything with Everyone and everything with Sabioth. Sabioth and Paleon, No. Yes. Okay, we're Sabioth moving on. Thrawn, yes. We're moving Sabioth on. Chimera. Mute him. <laughs> Sabioth and, like, I all can't. The we're using Skype. They're all on the same channel. <laughs> Anyway, you everyone. Oh, yeah. We burn, you burn with us. (laughs) So, anyway, um, Paleon is like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm not going to contact Wayland. I'm going to tell Thrawn what's going on here. And then, conveniently, when this is all over, he's like, what was I supposed to do? There was like, okay. Oh, I wasn't okay. telling so, like, Thrawn anything. Like, Sabiath needs the Force to do his thing. So, yes. I mean, it's not like Paleon could go, like, stand next to him with, like, you know, the Asalamari. But he could, like, you know, stand at one end of the room mm-hmm. <laughs> in his little Asalamari bubble while Sabiath is doing his thing at the other end of the room. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's, I know why. It's plotted so that, you know, he can have his little clone. But it's 
it's weird. And like, if I were Paleon, I would be like, yo, give me, give me that Ysalamari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, if I was if I was Paleon, I would have killed Sabiath a long time ago. <laughs> that too. That too. Um, I might have sent some hapless lieutenant. Yes, um, Lieutenant there, Mith- there of- Michelle, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, delegation. Yeah. <laughs> there, he, there are a lot of options. Thrawn there are a lot can of delegate. Paleon can delegate too. Exactly. There are a lot of good options here for Paleon. And <laughs> really, I just I don't feel sorry for him at all because he's stupid. <laughs> he is right here. Uh, but yeah, so this is a a thing that is, uh, I believe, in literary terms, it's called Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Chekhov's clone. So, uh, yes, this, this will come up later, children. Uh, meanwhile, during the battle, uh, Sabiath gets distracted and starts going off about his Jedi are at Filv, which is really creepy. And Filv is one of their distraction attacks. Um, and it's Leia and Han in the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and this was to be her last diplomatic mission before having the babies. Uh, which, needless to say, did not go as planned. <laughs> there was I really mis- like the moment where he's like, um, is that the entire fleet like yeah. turning and coming after us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wedge is like, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> looks like that's probably what's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm it- just glad that for once Leia's discretion is the better part of Valor. And she's like, yeah, okay, we can leave. We don't have to actually try to make this meeting. Yeah. yeah like after Leia and Bimisari in the first book, I-, I feel like she might have been like, no, we have to use diplomacy yeah <laughs> it just like, it's very leia to be like no i said i would be at this meeting and yeah. i'm gonna be at this meeting <laughs> yeah but thankfully she's not a moron a so. <laughs> yes that's it's it's good she's 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 thinking of the babies and well, you know and living <laughs> living <laughs> that too yeah. She's apparently considering going on maternity leave, which, um, spoiler alert, is not exactly the way it happens. Uh, it's freaking Leia. Like, she never does, she never sleeps. Um, so they, they escape, um, but Leia senses something odd going on during the attack, um, and wonders if it has anything to do with Sabiath, that weird Jedi Master. And yes, the answer is yes, it does. You should tell Luke about it at ASAP. Well, this is interesting because, like, it's the um, the business that we got into in the first book about how Thrawn was like, yeah, the Empire was the Emperor was controlling his troops remotely. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like the the rebels knew about that too. At least knew rumors of it because she yeah. mentions that here. Yeah. So it's interesting that like both sides kind of knew that like the emperor was, you know, a literal puppet master. Yeah. Um, so they managed to escape. Um, I, I like here that Han is still blaming himself for the failure at the Katana fleet because um, it's a nice little character characterization for Han, you know, that everyone he's always seen as, you know, all oh, the smuggler and doesn't really care about the you know the republic but he he does and he he feels bad and takes responsibility even though it's not and i'm like oh you're kind of like your brother-in-law a little bit even though you would hate to admit it 
Um, well, yeah, the, it's you. You see places called out where like Han was an influence on Luke, but I think Luke was a much bigger influence on Han. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I called this out just for you. They mention a Kraken twist. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. But and it's not. It's not general Kraken the elder. It's. Kraken the younger. Yeah, it's, it's not the elder Kraken. It yeah. is uh, Pash Kraken. Yeah. So A wing pilot and X wing pilot. That's just for you. It's not the Kraken that Admiral Akbar unleashed at the Battle of the Kraken. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unleash no, the Kraken. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, because if it was if it was the elder Kraken, then it would be some sort of plot twist rather than yeah some sort of intelligence maneuver yeah (laughs) i have no idea it would be general kraken was head of intelligence basically uh for the rebel for the rebellion what and still is it was general maydean no the beardy guy from return of the jedi no he wasn't intelligence he was like he was in fleet command wasn't he i think i thought he was like the army or like ground troops yeah, yeah. Um, he was, was. He was something like, on the military side. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. No, <clears throat> Kraken was military, and apparently in the Rogue One like guides, they say he was out in the outer rim, and that's why General Draven, a hole man, is at Yavin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Kraken oh, but, is uh, is canon. Yes, he yeah. is. Uh, he came back into canon, I believe, in the Han Solo comics was the first. Yeah, he's mentioned in a few of the young reader books. Um, Is there some like anonymous dude in like the background? Yes, actually, in Return of the Jedi, he's he's in the Falcon. (laughs) Um, He's supposed to be like one of the gunners on the Falcon. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Um, So shockingly, Sabiath is once again pissed about not getting his Jedi. (laughs) Sabiath is. Crazy. Thrawn is pissed about Sabiath not following orders, and Sabiath is like, "I'm gonna give you one more chance to capture my Jedi." And they have, and I'm gonna turn big, you into a goon. They have a big fight, and yeah, and then they kiss and make. And then Paleon <laughs> is concerned because mommy and daddy are fighting. No, <laughs> stop, stop this. <laughs> so yeah, but Sabiath is is quite frightening here he I is because he's great like he's crazy now he's like full-blown cray well, like in the scene before like you know he was scary when he's controlling paleon but now he's scary in a different way yeah like there he was scary because like oh man he's in control he's like he's messing with our boy paleon you know it's not good and now he's just like i am a crazy man and lightning <laughs> comes out of my hair and i want my dad eye well, and then he's like, the he's like, it's not because she didn't want to come. <laughs> he's he's just off his rocker. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to chapter two, we get to uh, Luke, my favorite, who is. I in... actually said that I out loud when I was reading it. I was like, oh, this point. in this chapter. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so Luke is in Callius, which is a weird crystal city. And I was like reading the exposition and I was like, oh boy, Tim Zahn is having fun with this sci-fi stuff right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah tell he's at the beginning of the book because he's like let me create a crystal backstory yeah, whereas yeah. at the end of the last book he's like well time to skip past this casino thing yeah. <laughs> so now he's like got got time to like make up weird crystal cities yeah 
<laughs> for no reason. Like it doesn't come back. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, it kind of does in the the action bit, but yeah, that yeah. So he's searching for the origin point for the Empire's clones. Uh, I like this part when he's like. I know someone's tailing me, so I'm gonna, like, try to catch them in the act. And then, like, he turns around and it's Card, and he's like, I knew it was a New Republic person. I didn't think it would be you. <laughs> yeah, Card is like, it says that. Yeah. Uh, so they make an agreement, basically, where Card will sell information to the New Republic. Um but Card is adamant still that he wants to remain neutral, um, which... Whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, Card, stop neutral. protesting. I it, mean, he says right here that, like, he does not... He's not happy with the Empire. He does not want the balance of power to flip in their direction. Yeah. And yet he's still like, no, I'm neutral. <laughs> <laughs> He also talks about how, like, he's scared of Akbar. I was about to say, Card is one of these people who didn't vote in the 2016 <laughs> election because <laughs> they think Thrawn, or they think, uh, yeah, they think Thrawn is just as bad as Akbar. <laughs> oh, that makes no. Th- it should be Moth Monomothma, probably. Well, well no, because it's it's Akbar that he's. I know, he's but Akbar I'm doing the analogy of the woman. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that makes he's me worried sad. that he's going to join the the New Republic, and then Admiral Akbar will show up and say it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the Snowden who says it's you? never safer than ever to vote third party in this analogy? Ghent. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although oh, I don't think Ghent would like even have like, no Ghent wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, wherewithal to even like make a terrible uh, assumption yeah. like that. <laughs> Um, so Niall Sparrier, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so they talk about the growth rate of the clones. At yeah, they do. Card is saying it'll take like about a year or more before there's enough clones to crew the dreadnoughts. And Luke is like, uh, yeah, no, these clones are grown in fifteen to twenty days. Uh, and that's alarming. And it seems like this whole like. This whole uh, little plot line is basically people going, eh, it won't be that bad. They still have to do all this stuff. And then they're like, <laughs> actually, they have these dreadnoughts. Well, they still have to crew them. Actually, they have clones. Well, they still have to grow them. Actually, it's like one big, well, actually, that's <laughs> what this plot line is. This one, though, they like, I mean, they they hold off on the reveal of of how they're growing them so fast for a while. But yeah, uh, but they uh, they at least, you know, get that out in the open, like right away. So it's not a, a hanging question. Yeah. Um, but I it also like goes back to the like... thing in the previous chapter where like Paleon is like, you know, like everybody knew that the the clones took, you know, X number of, of months or years or whatever to be grown and not be crazy but only Thrawn has realized why. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I just like that they imply that the clones that are grown in only one year are stupid. Mm-hmm. And then if you want clones with two IQ points to rub together, you want to grow them for three or five years. And then Luke's like, yeah, these guys are getting grown in 15 to 20 days. Yeah. So I'm like picturing the Keystone cops. No, it's like a, a multiplicity. Like 
the dumbest possible human. You know that. Uh, you know that scene of the Gungans going to war in episode one? <laughs> yeah. Yes, That's just it. Like that. With the Benny Hill oh, music in the background. Points. I'm picturing like um, Jeff Goldblum sort of lurching around towards the end of The Fly. Oh, uh, no. Do not mention The Fly, please. <laughs> I purposely have not seen that film. It's too, it's uh, it's great and gross. No, it's disturbing as hell. It's Again. one of... No. Uh, so it, one of it, my favorite... <laughs> parts of this book is uh when they when uh, um card is like you don't trust me do you <laughs> and he, which in the last book we have borsk failure telling luke he's too trustworthy which i now i find it funny because card's like you don't trust me and then he's like must be han's influence <laughs> his or yours or maybe Mara's. Because you know, Luke mentioned Mara just to needle card and be like, hey, remember when I helped her save you and when I saved her and you're still being a butt and not allying with us? Yeah. <laughs> he did that on purpose. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, and also... That she's, is Han's influence. Yeah, she, she's... She's... At in Coruscant right now, like recuperating for like a month on the New Republic's dime, probably. <laughs> and Card is like, uh, yeah, I still don't want to help you. So, Card, stop being a butt. <laughs> that. Uh, so they are allowed to leave the planet under Thrawn's orders because he wants Luke to leave unhindered in order to put the New Republic on the wrong trail. Because Thrawn is t tricksy like that. Oh my god, it's a... Whoa, it actually is a trap. <laughs> it is uh, a trap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but like with, with, with Card though, like you know he's done some like mental calculus mm -hmm. where he's like, okay, well I did this for them and they did that for me and then <laughs> Mara's you know, stay, you know, probably with back to costs and this and that. And like he he's he's worked it out in his head that he he feels like they're square. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so chapter three, we move on to the aforementioned Mara Jade, who wakes up in the Imperial Palace medical wing. Um she wakes up and gets ready to fight her way out and dives into a roll into the next room. And, oh, there's Ghent sitting at the computer terminal like, hey, Mara, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and I just really like that mental image of her like being ready to kill and Ghent just being like, not even, you know, nonplus. Yeah, he's just like, oh, hi, Mara. How yeah. you feeling? Yeah. This she is, doesn't this dive is... into a role. She doesn't. No, I, I was like, did, that, did I just totally miss that? I'm looking at the well, page. Well, she's right now. ready. She's... Either way, she's ready to fight. She's like crouched and ready, yeah. but she's yeah. not she like leaps like, out of bed to the next yeah, room. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was thinking of a different Timothy Zahn book right there. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Brian, do you know which one? I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be out of character for Mara to do that. But I was like, did I just miss that whole thing? Survivor's Quest or Choices of One? No, it's a not Star Wars book. Oh, uh, Icarus Hunt. Yes, Icarus Hunt. Go read the Icarus Hunt, everyone. Don't read spoilers. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but no, she's like totally ready to fight. And then it's just Ghent there at the computer chart. <laughs> oh, poor Ghent. I'm Ghent. He's like, hi, how you doing? Hope I, like right. to 
I like to chew chuckers in my spare time. Oh, Nessie, I hear him with a totally Canadian accent. Eh? Sorry. <laughs> he would right? be like, sorry, all the time. <laughs> okay, not Canadian, but now I'm just picturing, oh, I'm going to have to disagree with your police there work. And- <laughs> You're going to put him in the chipper. <laughs> no, um, not poor Ken. <laughs> Not beautiful, pure cinnamon roll cat. So while Mara's been recuperating, Gent's been there uh, helping the New Republic figure out um, where Delta Source is coming from. The source of Delta Source, as I wrote, because I'm I, I'm good <laughs> at writing. Um, Nancy are good with words. <laughs> Shut up. Also, how's he- that novel query coming? <laughs> <laughs> also, they 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 in my. They, I mean, Tim's on, uh, handily uh, ties off the uh, the Akbar treason uh, yeah. storyline. Yes, uh, pretty quickly and efficiently. Here, it's like, well, no, I'm done with that. I don't need Phalia to be a butt anymore. So, uh, well, Phalia, Phalia is never going to stop being a butt. So, right, <laughs> right but for plot reasons, alert, the rest yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, I also like that. This is how we get the passage of time. Mm -hmm. This is like the least forced in these books of it has been X number of days. Cause Mara's like, I was unconscious for how long? Yeah. A month. That's yeah. And so it's been a month. And so, um, the fact that Leia is still pregnant is becoming wildly unbelievable. (laughs) Well, well, stay tuned. That's true. last for six feet months. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just saying she's tiny and there are two of them and twins are usually early anyway and yes math but this is, is a galaxy in which there's no medical maternity care because whatever <laughs> sound in space i mean who knows what's going on inside of her yeah <laughs> um maybe the babies grow in 15 to 20 days <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying to think about. <laughs> I mean, it would explain Jason later on, so. Oh, man. Also that explains kid. Kylo. Oh. <sighs> Poor Han and Leia. But they're one and the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um. My OTP has Kylo and Ben. Well. It makes no sense. <laughs> We're not discussing that here. Uh, we're gonna go that's that's for another podcast <laughs> makes no sense both of them knew him for like two minutes but uh, he brought them together i don't care maybe luke <laughs> named him maybe they didn't care. maybe they just liked the name sometimes people just like names and name them i mean it's, it's a very supposed to be this huge dramatic moment name. when han says his name and i'm sorry i know we're off track but <laughs> and it is but it's not. Yes, it's it like, is. Oh. Well, it's like, oh my god, Ben. And then, like, wait, why would Han name his son Ben? That makes no sense. I'm still convinced that with Leia everyone. has some sort of Congress with Obi Wan's ghost when she's in labor. Like, to screw with everyone. And talks to Obi Wan's ghost. Congress when she's in labor. with his ghost. And I pictured the scene in Ghostbusters where. <laughs> okay, Ray I am it. making an executive decision that we're moving <laughs> on right now. <laughs> so, for the best. <laughs> so Mara is listeners, like, aren't you glad we don't edit any of this show? Yes. <laughs> so Mara realizes that she's in the Imperial Palace. 
that Luke Skywalker saved her life because who else could have picked her out of all the wreckage? And then it's like, oh yeah, it's he's guy I'm gonna kill, and then the Emperor <laughs> makes his appearance again in her head. <laughs> um Winter, yay, Winter, she comes back and uh she is she shows Mara to her quarters. Uh, Mara, this makes Mara cranky because she's like, uh, I used to live here, bitch. Uh, you don't have to show me around. <laughs> Except she doesn't say that. No. She just Maybe I'll show you it. around. She wants to. Yeah. This reminds me of a fanfic I read once that has been lost to the internet and it makes me really sad because it was really good. Is it where Mara shows Winter around in a whole new way? Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. hear your code name was Targeter. Were <laughs> you good at targeting? I would, I would read that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sad it's lost forever. Matthew, that is the worst innuendo <laughs> I have ever heard. Well, no, targeters. It's, it's, <laughs> if you're going to use target in that innuendo, it is stay on target. <laughs> That's a different look. Just because it's Star Wars doesn't mean. <laughs> No, Look. I can confirm that that's always a good thing to say. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Well, well I, uh, See, this is what happens. I'm throwing it back around on you guys. It's fine when they're fictional. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm fictional. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. What kind of third act M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> revelation is this? <laughs> what did tweets? Fun, fun fact, fun fact uh, this is actually um, just a voice that Brian puts on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he has very advanced holograms and CGI. Yes. And he's like a regular George Lucas up in here. <laughs> oh, Yes. Where the hell were we? Uh, codename so Targeter. I actually like this bit. Like, it's a nice bit of uh, character for Mara. It's a nice bit of, like, description on the Imperial Palace. And I like Mara sort of, like, like who is this woman? And trying to, like, you know, yeah. you know, prod her for information. And Winter doesn't give a shit. So she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I was Targeter. Sure, whatever. Um, but it, I like the interaction here. It's fun. Yeah. So they... Um... She goes her she goes and finds herself a secret blaster because uh, <laughs> of course there is a secret blaster in the Imperial Palace, and then she goes like, to and there's one on every floor. There and is it's tucked away in the most boring book in the library. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I, I think kinda, that's just clever. I feel bad for for whoever lived on Corvus Minor. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of. I kind of want to read the complete history of Corvus Minor now. <laughs> no, I want to do. I want to see one of those. The old. I liked the old anthology books a lot, and and there needs to be a Tales from the Imperial Palace one when someone from Corvus Minor is really excited, yeah, about their planet, and then instead they find a gun, and then they like, I don't know, wind up saving someone's life because I think shooting up the place would probably not have made it oh, into I one of the anthology books. It, I thought you were going to take it to a really dark place and be like. This is all my planet has has produced a worth, and then they shoot themselves. Yeah. No, I at first I thought shooting spree, killing other people, but then I'm like, that wouldn't have made it into one of those anthology books. They were always kind of happy. So happily bad. 
I'm just saying there was a time Boba Fett told Han Solo to like go home to his wife. I did not like those books. (laughs) So, um, moving on, Sabioth and Thrawn are fighting again about capturing the Jedi again. And I feel like this has been going on for a really long time. And I don't, I don't know if this marriage is going to last. Thrawn needs to shit or get off the pot. For lack of a better analogy, <laughs> because he's been promising the Jedi for two books now and has not delivered. So I'm kind of on Sabioth's side on this. Uh, I'm on Paleon's side, yeah. <laughs> in which I think Thrawn needs to jettison Sabioth off the nearest airlock. And like Thrawn is kind of starting to move in that direction, but he's still like, no, we can still like. He's like trying to squeeze every last ounce of use out of Sabioth he yeah. can before he he does throw him yeah. out the airlock. He I still needs him for a little while longer Thrawn, for his plan. But... We need to talk about this concept of sunk costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but, uh... Uh, Thrawn is like, yeah, well, we're going to kidnap Leia and her kids because they're going to come soon uh, from the palace. Um then there's some little bickering back and forth where uh, Thrawn doubts whether Sabioth can handle two infants and Sabioth doubts whether Imperial Intelligence can handle them too, <laughs> which I just <laughs> find hilarious. Um, I also I- really like this uh, this bit of, of Thrawn backstory where Sabioth is like, you would never talk to the Emperor like that. And Thrawn's like, um, actually, I talk to the Emperor like that all the time. All and the time. Yeah. After the first time he ignored me, uh, he didn't do it anymore. So shut your beardy mouth. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, Thrawn was a Grand Admiral. Because uh, he knows no stuff. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, later on, um, so basically they agree that Thrawn is going to have one last chance to capture the Jedi. Uh, We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Um, Anticipating going really well. Yeah. Uh, So later on, Thrawn and Paleon are are discussing that Mara Jade is convalescing on Coruscant. And Thrawn wants to capture her as well. Because they worry that she knows stuff. Uh, I think you want to kill her. Uh, does you want to kill her or capture her? Well, he's like, I think the idea is, is that you know killing her is like you know preferable. But if he yeah. can't, then he could do something else that he alludes to vaguely here. Yeah, he's uh, just like we don't have to kill her. Yeah, yeah. But they are like she knows about. She, they think she knows about Wayland and that she's basically spilled her guts already. Um, then they plan to go to the Poderis system to capture Luke as a bonus prize for Sabioth, uh, because that's where they've been sort of sending him towards in their their ruse. <laughs> um, so Luke is tracking down the clones. Uh, realizes again he's being trailed uh, and that there's clone troopers, which I thought was cool that they, they're they called clone troopers because, you know, that's what they ended up being called in the prequels. <laughs> uh, so it's weird when they call them clone troopers and I'm just thinking, like, totally different right now. 
I'm like picturing um, Rex and all them. Uh, much better clone troopers, by the way. Much better. <laughs> Not that it's hard. Our high bar to clear. Uh, so um, less Rex and more um, uh, Gregor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like. 10 times Gregor. <laughs> um, it's a big mongo. <laughs> yeah. That's what they scream when they see Luke. <laughs> yeah. So um, he realizes there's clone troopers and that they have Salamiri. Uh, so they know, he knows that they know it's him and not just some New Republic agent. Uh, he manages to escape barely by creating handholds on this wind barrier thing again there's this like lots of sci-fi planet exposition <laughs> that we really don't I, need except here to- i like it though because yeah. it's like it's fairly brief but it's like it's like yeah this planet is is messed up like it's all swampy and the, yeah. the axial tilt is perpendicular so the winds suck and blah 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 but then it like it leads to this really cool sequence where it's like it's not like he's cutting handholds in the in the the windshield Mm -hmm. he like he he creates a cut and he puts his hand in that cut and then he like he uses his lightsaber to create a like a a track for him to like sort of slide down on his fingers i was trying to picture this and i could not picture it at all my brain just couldn't do it. Me- meanwhile, I just got stuck up, up stuck up on the name, and I just started saying it in the voice of Professor Farnsworth. What name? Oh, good news, everyone! You're <laughs> going to Poderis, the podiatrist world! What? I don't know wow. what's, happen- what's happening right now. <laughs> I, I, don't, don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. You lost me. <laughs> Has nobody on this podcast seen Futurama? No. no, I have a couple of times. It did, <laughs> did not stick with me, apparently, the way it stuck with you. I, I saw the episode with the Beastie Boys. Well, you I, know, our listeners will find that funny. All, so I, know, all I know is Pro- Professor Putricide, the boss from World of Warcraft, who uses that catchphrase. I'm making you watch Futurama. No, because there's I a sad episode I won't make you watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> I don't care. I know that it happened. <laughs> Like 12 seasons, but yes. there's a sad episode with a dog. There is. <laughs> um, so Luke manages to escape barely um, and leave the planet very easily because, of course, there is the Chimera waiting for him. Uh, so Luke is like, crap. Um, but Luke is... Luke's x-wing is inside the freighter that he's in um so they he gets he gets caught in the tractor beam busts out of the freighter and the tractor beam can't hold the ship because of all of the debris uh so he manages to bust out um and jump to hyperspace which was a very cool cool trick that he did yeah i like it um so unlike the last time luke escaped thrawn does not kill the ensign in charge of the tractor beam ensign mythel instead he promotes mythel and tells him that his first task as a lieutenant is to break a covert shroud uh which apparently is what the maneuver luke luke did was called um paleon 
reflects that while the crew respected him before, now they'd be willing to die for Thrawn. And I, re- I love this scene. Now so this much. is when so good, I yeah. bring my um, Megan Rapino gif out. <laughs> of I, don't, her. I don't know what's happening now either. <laughs> so Megan Rapino is a soccer player on the U.S. national team, and she did a a like interview with her uh, with her teammates and it was like use like one word to describe your teammates and so like people like the the teammates like wrote stuff about her like uh i don't know but it's like caring or friendly or whatever and she turned the board over and it was gay <laughs> in all caps and exclamation points so that is all. Oh, okay. That is that, all that I is can not see. Not where I was expecting that to go, but all right. <laughs> that but is I mean, it's all a great scene. See. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great moment of character for Thrawn. And I mean, look, after reading that, I'd be willing to die for Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It is a really good. It is a really good scene, and it's. It shows how he's a different type of imperial. Um, but it's also like you know. People are like, oh, see, he's not so bad. And I'm like, no, he is so bad because he's like, okay, I can use you still. So I'm going to give you this job. So you seem important. And like, he knows what he's doing. He knows they're all going to be like, you're amazing. You're not going to kill us all for making a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's recognizing talent where he sees it and putting it to good use. I mean, he's smart. He's He's still a Nazi. He's still a space Nazi. Yes. Like that doesn't like I was kidding about dying for him. Like he's still a space Nazi. <laughs> like, like he's not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like not. he's a marginally he's a better addict. person than like the Emperor or Darth Vader, I guess. <laughs> but like, you know, that's not a huge, you know, bar to clear. Yeah. No, he's just really good at what he does. Yeah. Like, he's not a good uh, guy, but he's good at being thrown. Yeah, and going and, going back a little bit, I forget where it was. Oh, it was what we were talking about before with uh, talking about, you know, how he, you know, backtalked the emperor. Um, like, it reminds me of what you were saying about how people are, like, you know, tired of him losing on Rebels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, there, there's a phrase here that jumped out at me and made me think of that where he's like, uh, the, uh, you know, I, I told the emperor not to, to jump the gun. Uh, with an enemy I was not yet ready to defeat. Yeah. And I really like that. And it made me think of that because, like, yeah, he's not quite yet ready to defeat the rebels. Mm-hmm. Like, he will be soon, mm-hmm. but uh, but he's not there yet. So, anyway, that's sorry, backtrack on that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah throw on. Actually, that reminds <laughs> me that while there's not like news news, uh, they there were um, descriptions for the last few episodes of the seasons of Rebels that popped up on a on a website and uh the season is ending with a two-parter um which is when thrawn finally ends up tracking down the rebel base and um it yeah and then they all shake hands and everything ends up happy and nothing <laughs> bad happens ever. yeah no <laughs> everybody gonna throw everybody a barn dies. dance and <laughs> yeah um so yeah they they will be ending i think the the last episode is like the week before 
our last episode. So it works out really well. <laughs> it's almost like you planned it that way in it advance. It's almost like I planned it in advance. <laughs> and it's almost like the book publishers planned it in advance so that the book Ow. would be out right after the season ended and right around celebration so Tim Zahn can come to celebration and be rock star. Everything's coming all... together. Yeah, it's like him. we all have the same... <laughs> <laughs> Gregorian calendar that we we <laughs> map the year with and yes. we all got together and looked at it and made magic happen. Um how many and episodes are there? Left energy is beautiful. Oh, how many episodes are left of this show? Not very many. No, of Rebels. Um I think there's five left in this season. Is there? Okay. Yeah. How many so, episodes of so left? That's what So that's what? One episode for Mandalore. Uh, one episode for for Maul and Obi Wan. Yeah. Uh, one episode for a quote unquote filler, and then two for the Thrawn yeah. finale. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. God forbid we have actual story arcs on Rebels, but there's a droid. I like the droid ones. No, I, I no, I, I like the the standalone episodes. I'm just, I wish the, we've yeah. talked about this before. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Moving on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no. Oh no. I closed my Oh no. I closed my show notes. Oh no, everybody will... stalled oh, for time. Nope. It let Lucas me Lucas dropped out of hyperspace trying to figure out where to go and he decides <laughs> to head to Honegra and play the Nagria visit. Thank you. There's a name drop of Moroth Duel and Kessel. <laughs> hey! I'm You're two dude lizards with one throw. <laughs> Which is just a ridiculous thing, but I love it. You're not what is Mo- what is Moroth Duel? What what well, is that? I'm I'm back now, so I can take over. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Go dro- sit in the corner, Matthew. Lucas <laughs> dropped out of hyperspace trying to figure out where to go, and he decides to head to Honegger and pay the Nogri visits. I said that too. <laughs> Matthew, I know I'm, you did. I'm, That's I'm the joke. I'm installing a remote shock collar on you. <laughs> why would I put that on? <laughs> so there's why, a why would I agree to that? <laughs> So there's a name. Brian, Brian sends me a box in the mail. Oh, well, I guess I better put this on right away. So yeah, there's a name drop of Morth Duel, and he is from. I think he was in. Oh, is that the guy that shows up in the um, Jedi Academy trilogy? I yeah, he's. Um... There's some nonsense on Kessel in the first book there. Yes. Yeah. It's a bad book. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was it. I thought that was interesting because I'm like, oh yeah, that that guy he he shows up later. <laughs> um, so I thought that was that was cool that um, you know there he's just name dropped here and then Kevin J Anderson used that later, especially because like he they didn't collaborate really at all on those books. So well, I was going to ask. I was wondering if like by this point, you know the. The first two books obviously sold pretty well. They probably knew that they were going to go oh, forward with other oh, books. Yeah. Like, did they know? I'm not that- sure when um, when he got the contract, when Kevin J. Anderson started writing the books. But I know, I'm pretty sure, when, when did, um, hold on, now I'm trying to search to see when Jedi Search came out. I want to say 94. Yeah, 94 it came out. So it's it like came- a year after this one. Yeah. So So, yeah, he was writing it by then. Um, yeah, so he so he probably said like, "Hey, can you name drop Mo Roth Duel?" Yeah, <laughs> either name drop sounds, him. Yeah, it, it does sound like a Kevin J. Anderson name and not a Tim Zahn name. <laughs> yeah, 
By which I mean it sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's nothing behind the scenes on it, unfortunately. So, but yeah, I thought that I, I just thought that was that was interesting. Um, also, yeah, he uses a phrase where well, uh, like he wants to go see the No Gray, um, and also get a ship fixed, and they'll kill two Dune lizards with one throw because we have to be reminded that. Luke in space is yeah and no birds Luke, in space and Luke is from a desert <laughs> no birds on a desert planet <laughs> that's yeah. not true but <laughs> yeah. um so yeah and those are our chapters um Luke's going off to Honegger I'm sure that will go well because uh, everything on Honegger goes really well and um yeah that's it Tyler I'm gonna let go to you first well, <laughs> um, real quick, I just want to say, you want to just drop the Tyler macro in at this point? <laughs> I was only joking about having a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this book is good. I like it. Do you like it? <laughs> I like it. It's a good book. Um, Every week is the same thing because <laughs> everything is the same. What are you um, most looking? F- what plot point are you most looking forward to being resolved I, at this I point? Just... <laughs> you have to pick one. Just okay, one. Okay. Uh, clones. Okay. I, I really, I really want. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> um. Yeah, it didn't take nearly as long as I thought it would. Um. I really want to see what i mean i have a i have an i think that you know everyone ends up moderately okay because mm-hmm. they're books after this but uh <laughs> no, just in case does. i have like a weird alternate universe last command book um and something does terribly go wrong that'll be interesting terribly Do go you, wrong those I are could, english words i could that point, I, use. I could point you to some of those after we're done by the way oh Has... yes you mean nancy's fanfic corner interesting <laughs> mm-hmm has Twitter and pop culture and, and everything like spoiled for you uh, what Savia's special clone is? I, 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 okay, I knew about it before this, before we started this pot. Like, I had okay. heard. I mean, don't spoil I, it for the people following along. But <laughs> I, 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 no, but like, I, I heard of it in like, in, in whispered, in whispered tones and <laughs> dark alleyways. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to, to um avoid that yeah but uh especially with some of the the uh jokes <laughs> well the jokes slash speculation around the uh sequel. yeah 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 uh brian i am down for any book that has a kraken reference <laughs> so you're good now? i'm good i'm good for the rest of the book See, I knew which part to pick out for you. Uh, well, Matt? hey, Nancy, um, yeah. I mean, now you know what to get uh, Brian for Valentine's Day. The Kraken? Just get him, get him Kraken. I did, he has Kraken. He has an action figure. Okay. I let you buy him. I, I like how I say, anyway, I let Brian, uh, Brian, Brian buy him as if I'm not the one who buys all the action figures. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, All the action yeah. figures in this house are actually owned by Nancy. It is. Uh, we are um, 
bringing some things down with us to celebration for the gala, which means I'll have empty space in my luggage for souvenirs from Disney World. Not that I thought that through a long time ago. Um, (laughs) It's a good thought. Right. Oh, look at this empty suitcase. We have to schlep home. We might as well fill it full of things. And it's so I am. I mostly buy stuff from celebration. I'm trying to how many action figures will I buy this time? <laughs> well, I've only celebration last year in London was the first time I'd ever been to a con as a fan. And I was only there for a few hours. Like I flew to London, went to celebration and flew back in the same day. So like, I have no idea what I'm in for. Oh boy. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Oh, Matthew, your thoughts for this week? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I really enjoyed these um, chapters. Um, the whole, like, backtracking the clones thing has always kind of bored me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that won't change as the book goes forward, I think. But, um, but you know, the, it's it's still good stuff. Like, like you, I have in the past had trouble visualizing Luke's escape on Padaris. Um, mm-hmm. but this time for whatever reason, like it clicked with me and I, I sort of got what was happening and it's really cool. So that was nice. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's all good stuff. Uh, I'm, I, I like that it's, it's like I said before, I like that it, it starts off, you know, a little differently in that, uh, it tells us the information and not the characters. And it's not like a mystery of us trying to guess what Thrawn's, you know, next move is. We know what Thrawn's next move is. Yeah. Um, and now it's just a matter of waiting to see if the characters figure it out in time. So yeah, I like it. Good stuff. Cool. And Amanda. Um, I think this is perhaps the strongest opening of the three. And it may only feel that way because, we're invested in these characters already because two books down, we want to know what happens. Mm -hmm. But the way that we can see into Thrawn's leadership style, both the way his enemies see him as in, it looks like what he's doing here is magic. Mm -hmm. And then the way his contemporaries see him of this is brilliant strategy And then also the way his underlings see him. Hey, I'm going to promote you and task you with uh, cracking this stratagem that no one has ever cracked. But well done trying something new, young man. Cracking it. Cracking it. Um, So I really like that piece of Thrawn. Like, I feel more invested in Thrawn now. Yeah. Having been through that piece of this journey. Yeah. I'm glad that Luke is off doing interesting things and using the force in interesting ways. I like it when he turned the guy's blaster back on him with the force. Oh, I love that. (laughs) We forgot to mention that. I know. I just found it in my notes. I was like, well, crap. I messed that up. But I like like that Luke is... Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Luke is out being Luke. Um, I love that Mara knows that there's a blaster hidden in a boring book on every floor of the palace. Um... Yeah, I really, I really like the way this is starting off. I like how we're checking in with the characters, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for next week though because I know what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I th- looking back, this I've always said that this is my favorite book of the trilogy, but I, I don't remember a lot that happens with it until the end of the book 
so i'm interested to see if that stays true um as i as i keep reading um because it's mostly like the last part of the book that really is like the part that i really love but um i i i found myself kind of going all right let's get on with clones um i think actually my favorite opening so far is is probably still heir to the empire and i think just because of the novelty and the introductions of everyone but um yeah i'm eager to get the uh the plot rolling which which it does uh in earnest yeah it's fixing to roll that's true so thank you all for joining us again this week as we start the last command and we can talk later about what that what that title actually means because there's different there's there's multiple meanings for all of the titles for the series because you know Tim Zahn is so good at that. Wait, what? 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 Dark Force Rising can refer either to the Dark Force fleet, yeah, or Sabios penis. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> In the last command, I don't want to spoil anything. Matthew! Also Matthew! Refers to Matthew! Penis. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I was, I was joking about the whole me realizing that there's double meanings to the, to the titles, but uh, didn't exactly pick up on that. Matthew, thank you for, for enlightening what me. what I'm here for. So, yes. Thank you all for joining us. For the throne cast. I'm very, very We're sorry. sorry. <laughs> the last five minutes has been like a perfect encapsulation of what this podcast is, and I love it. <laughs> but me saying horrible things and everybody else going, Matthew! <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, do the outro. <laughs> this episode has been brought to you in part by her universe I, although I don't know if they want to anymore <laughs> and by you our Patreon subscribers I don't know exactly. if they want to anymore either <laughs> you can find us all on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station Nancy Pants Lane Winry MR Bowers Manda the Ginger and Cyberpunk Warlock you can find our columns and news at Tashi-station.net tune in next week when Leia and Han finally become parents for the first time and only one of them becomes a homicidal maniac oh (laughs) the percentage of solo children to homicidal maniac (laughs) is a little different in legend Um, it is bye so long bye